0: Game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. off is head back to the left-wing point. DRNA oh! across the Kulak. He'll shoot off the post. The rebounders, Wilkins,
1: 15th of the season is the game winner as the Oilers claim their 14th consecutive victory. Three goals in the third period tonight as the Oilers knock off the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1. Stuart Skinner, excellent game, 27 saves. He's won 11 in a row. That sets a team record for consecutive victories by a goaltender in the history of the National Hockey League. There have been seven winning streaks of 14 games or longer. Obviously, only one of them is active, and the Oilers will try to make it 15 in a couple days against Chicago. Man, oh, man, just amazing stuff. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 6.30, Ched. Through 40 minutes, Rob, quite frankly, a poor game by the Oilers, Mm -hmm. but not by their goaltender. And Stuart Skinner, the first star, tonight I think we could have probably picked the stars after the second period regardless of what happened in the third he was outstanding and sets that team record as well
2: well the others don't have a chance in this hockey game if it wasn't through, for Skinner through 40 uh, excellent uh, to me it was a 4-5-1 or five, one Columbus lead is what it should have been after 40 minutes. That's how good Skinner was. There was one save where uh, the puck kind of got loose in front of the net, and uh, Blue Jacket skated in full speed, took a slap shot from about eight feet out, and Skinner just calmly kicked out his left leg, and out goes the puck. Um, The Oilers... uh, when you go this long as the Oilers have gone, 14 straight wins, you can't you can't be great every night. You can't always be on your game. There's going to be an off game. Normally an off game spells a, a loss. Uh, but the Oilers had an off game tonight, and they had a goaltender that had a great game. Uh, and then if going into the third period, the Columbus Blue Jackets, they hadn't capitalized on their chances. Now it's a crapshoot. It's a 20-minute game, and the Oilers, who hadn't played well as of yet, all they had to do was play 20 minutes and win a, period, win a hockey game, and they did that. Uh, the Oilers in the third period were the dominant team, but they don't get there without Stuart Skinner having an incredible first 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, they, they took over in the third, outshot the Blue Jackets 11-5. We played the Kane goal. McDavid scored 55 seconds later. Connor Brown, oh so close, <laughs> but he settles for an assist on Holloway's second of the season. I thought he was one of the better skaters tonight for Edmonton, so they do figure it out in the third period as their record is now 27 15 and one just another way to put this in context when this winning streak started they had 13 wins and now they've won 14, 14 in, a in a row. It's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, and, and the special teams tonight, Rob, we got to talk about as well, the power play update for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. The was one for two on the power play, and it was the second unit power play, Fogle from Kane and Nurse. They did have a goal called back on the power play that McDavid scored. But, uh, again, important in this game, uh, especially that I thought that one in the second period when it was still 1-1, the Oilers go 4 for 4 on the penalty kill like they're up around 93% over the course of this winning streak
2: uh, it's shocking and, and it's, what, what's so funny about this is this is a penalty killing unit that at times has been really poor, it's the same players, it's not like the Oilers went out and, and traded for 7 or 8 different penalty killing players it's the same guys being used differently uh, they're The players are being put together in pairings, so it's they, there's some chemistry when they go on the ice. They're much more aggressive. They're very good at standing the opposition up at the blue line, not giving easy access. Um, we we talked before the game how the Oilers' penalty killing has won them more games on this winning streak than their power play, and I would assert that this was another one of those games. They're, uh, at any point, if Columbus scores, in the first two periods on their power plays, maybe that opens up a floodgate because they deserve better than they got. They weren't able to score any, and a big part of it was fantastic penalty game. I thought the the, the Oilers, and you you mentioned after, after the second period, the Oilers, five on five, were worse than they were when they were shorthanded. You felt confident when they were shorthanded that they were going to kill it off. But in the first 40 minutes, five on five, you weren't sure the Oilers were going to get out of a shift without giving up a goal. That's how good the penalty killers are right now. And they just take pride in it. And we talked before, Chris Knobloch gave certain players roles. That's where Yanmark gets to play more, where Brown gets to play more, where Ryan gets to play more. Those guys are proud of that, and they're making sure that the coaching staff's decisions to play them were the right decisions, and over the last 13 games, it certainly seems that way. We're going to share the fourth
1: star tonight for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer between Cody Cece and Vinny DeHarnay. Cece plays three and a half minutes while shorthanded, finishes with four blocked shots. DeHarnay plays 306 while shorthanded, credited with three blocked shots, two of them assuming they counted both of those in about a 12-second span in the second period that left him hobbling to the bench. By the way, he still took time to slash at one of the I don't know if you noticed that. He's hobbled off to the bench. He still had a second
2: to well, slash. You're up one a little, of the, uh, the you're little angry. Someone's got to pay a bench. price for that. You can't slash the puck for hitting you. So slash it, guy on the other team. But that's two guys,
1: I guess, who are we're unsung, though I think we're starting to talk about them more because of the feeling we maybe haven't talked about them uh, enough. Uh, you know, Vinny and CeCe. CeCe got an assist tonight as well quietly doing a lot of the, the dirty work. When
2: it, it's funny, I hear whispers here and there that the Oilers need to upgrade on, on Cody Ceci, and I'm like, I don't know. Cody Ceci seems to understand his role and, and do it very well. He's a huge part of the Oilers' penalty killing that's been excellent. Uh, he anchors, he and Darnell nurses uh, two or pairing, by being the, the, the defensive guy and making all the proper decisions. I, I I'm not sure when the Oilers traded for him that they thought that... Did they trade for him or sign him?
1: They signed him. When they
2: signed him, I'm not sure they thought they were getting a top two defenseman that's going to anchor the the Oilers against the other team's best players, but he certainly filled that role and filled it admirably. Uh, Again, he just continues to go about his business uh, under the radar, but certainly noticed by his coaching staff and his teammates.
1: 4-1, the Oilers win it. That is 14 consecutive victories for... The Edmonton Oilers, uh, the three stars tonight. By the way, Skinner, Kane, and Fogel. Kane and Fogel both with a goal and an assist. I mean, we'll start with with Fogel. I mean, it's it's getting to the point with him where it's like, okay, every night he's he's going to create. I mean, he plays thirteen, eighteen. He doesn't doesn't play a ton, nope. but there's a consistency to his game, and there's a certain element. Uh, I I think of. Speed and power and directness to his game.
2: Well, I think the the word that you said that really exemplifies what's happened with Fogle is, is consistency. I think there's always been flashes, and in his years here with Edmonton, there'll be a he'll go have a stretch of two or three games where you're like, okay, he's turned it on. You see, there's the physicality, there's the playmaking. Uh, he gets pucks in deep. He's doing all the right things. But then there's a quiet four or five games after that and he just wasn't consistent enough to be a top nine forward and and get production out of him. He gained some confidence playing with Leon Drysaddle, and now he's making plays. He's driving the line. He he plays in straight lines. He He's not a guy that is looking to make cross-ice passes or drop the puck. He's going right at the net every chance he gets. The goal he scored, I don't know what it hit on him, but he went to the blue paint, Uh, he's in and around the right area. So, yeah, I think the first time that we've seen this this year has has been the consistency in Fogle's game that you know. He's not a guy that at the end, about halfway through the first, okay, what kind of game are we going to get out of Warren Fogle? It's been a consistent game from, well, probably about the 15th game of the season that we've got the same effort night in, night out.
1: 4-1, the Oilers win it. Now, they celebrate win 14. And a, a good third period. We got to talk about the first twenty minutes. Uh, I mean, we talked about Skinner obviously keeping them in it, but just—I uh, mean—dreadful at times, uh, out of sync, turnovers, missed passes. Quite frankly, at both ends of the rink, a turnover in your own end usually allows the other team to keep the puck alive. And forecheck, forecheck, forecheck—that happened. But then also at the other end of the rink. Well, not just missed passes, passing up shot opportunities. Oh. This was not a, a sharp team, uh, I guess, mentally or physically for most of the first two periods.
2: No, it wasn't. Um, sometimes you get a little overconfident when you, you, you win 13 games in a row and you think that you're going to make prettier plays than you need to. And I think that's what was in Evan Bouchard's head. Instead of just doing what he does best and shoot the puck on net, he was trying to make uh, pretty plays. He's trying to make uh, exciting plays. Where it's a lot more exciting when the puck goes in the back of that when he shoots at 105 miles an hour. So he was he was just one of many. I, I, in the th- first 40 minutes, uh, you could say Stuart Skinner, and then you could stop talking about other players that were playing well. But you're right they they missed they missed two on one chances. Uh, there were, well there's another great example in the first where Warren Fogle was gone and I don't know if it was the pass from Leon or, Warren not, or Fogel not being able to corral it, but it would have been a breakaway for, from just on his own side of the red line. They missed that pass. Uh, fortunate for the, the, the saves that Stuart Skinner gave them that allowed them to find their game in the third period. Once the third period came around, they were the better team and uh, it was more or less over after the after the other scored their second game after the second goal that was the end of it for the Columbus Blue Jackets you weren't getting a second goal on Stuart Skinner tonight
1: yeah it was because the Oilers have played well here and I'm not just saying they're shooting just for volume because they, they have been working the puck around and cycling and forechecking hard but they've been busy in the offensive zone and sometimes that just means getting a puck on nope. net getting it to the crease especially the bottom six guys and the def- now, I know Bouchard has some moves but man oh man like <laughs> like i said after the first period that the first turnover to him was a perfect pl- pass to a defenseman cutting through the slot but it was by a Columbus guy. Yeah. Like you would, uh, I don't know. I've never played, but you probably have stolen passes like that, where you're thinking, "This is a gift. I am firing it." Oh, one hundred percent possible.
2: Well, it's funny, and then you look at in the third period how the others scored goals. They they just threw pucks on net. I mean, the Kane goal. There was three guys that shot it: one, two, three, yeah. and it went in the net. Then the uh, Holloway goal shot on net. And again, it is shocking with Connor Brown right now. It is harder for him to hit a goalie than it is for him to hit the empty net. Like, the last two games, he's had complete open nets Mm -hmm. that he's actually hit the goalie. Like, there was more net showing than there was goalie, yet he keeps finding a way to hit the goalie. It finds the back of the net because Holloway's hanging out there. But, yeah, so in the third period, the O.S. started shooting the puck. And they just start putting pucks on it. Connor McDavid, I mean, that would be probably the the weakest shot that he might have had in the last three years. Like he barely got it off just because it was handcuffed, mm-hmm. but because the goalie was down. And now in that one, creating a, if I'm Columbus, yeah. I challenge that simply because the game was over once that was it. Well, that made it three one. I'm challenging right. and hoping you get one of those ones where we're up there, like, okay, I don't understand how they overturn that because there was contact. Now. Hyman was knocked into the goaltender, but I'm still, I'm challenged as the coach. Just because it's 3-1 now. You're you're not scoring three more goals on Skinner. You haven't scored one, and you've owned the Oilers through 40 minutes. So I would have challenged that one there, but uh, the Oilers got better in the third period putting pucks on that. They played, they simplified their game in the third period, and that was what, that and great goaltending is what got them the victory. 4-1,
1: the Oilers take it. And also the Holloway goal, he didn't get an assist. It's from Brown and Kulak. McLeod. Speed down the left wing, right? Yep. Work, chip the puck by the guy. Stole it from keep him. Yep. It, keep it, you know, check his stick, keep it alive across the kulak. So, that, I mean, and that, and that's, we talked about Fogle coming along. I think we're starting to see it
2: for McLeod as well. Oh, I, I think so. I think he both... Fogle and McLeod, when they got moved up to play at Leon Settle, they saw what an advantage this is. Let's, let's, let's Seriously, the opportunity is here. Let's jump at this. They both gained confidence, and there were games where Leon was the best on the line, but there was also games where McLeod was. There was games where Fogle was. So when they decided they wanted to give Kane another shot up there, they were sending a confident Ryan McLeod back to play center. He wasn't a confident player to start this season. When he went back in the last three or four games, whenever it was he pent down, he's confident. He's, he's making plays. He's driving his line. Um, I I liked the line when they put Holloway with him tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a lot of speed. You know, you're a defenseman. You're usually, you Most teams try to get their third pairing out against the third or fourth line. Well, you're a third-pairing defenseman, and you got Holloway. And and, uh, McLeod, and even a fast Brown coming down on you—that's not one of those shifts where you're like taking a deep breath. At okay, this is the shift that we can catch our breath on. So. That line was very good. And Holloway, it's two games back right now. He's been excellent yep. in both games thus far. Try and it, it, I think it, right now the, the hardest thing for the coaching have is trying to find enough ice time for players that are giving you quality minutes when they're out there.
1: Holloway played 924, so it's actually the under. I set the line at 10 for River Creek Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Jason gets a $50 River Creek Resort and Casino gift card. When I was checking after the game, I thought
2: there's no way he played. Oh, I 10 i minutes. agree. I was shocked <laughs> when I saw that too. I'm like, holy smokes. You see, because he noticed the out. There all the time. Yeah. I well, here's one of those. How, what was it? 9:24. He played. Yeah, that's less than Cal- the Calgary game. You noticed all 9:24. Yeah. So there, there's nights where a guy plays 17 minutes. Like, huh? A little surprised by that. I didn't notice him. I noticed Holloway every time he stepped on the ice. Another excellent game for Dylan Holloway.
1: Yeah, the Oilers uh, find a way to make it work even on a night uh, in which they weren't very strong through 40 minutes. So 4-1. Win over Columbus. If you're just checking in, I'll just update that stat. There have been seven winning streaks, including this one, in NHL history of 14 games or longer. So the Oilers in uh, elite company, the uh, other 14 gamers, the Washington Capitals in 2009 2010, the Boston Bruins in 1929 30. The Penguins in 12-13, the Islanders in 81-82 got to 15, the Blue Jackets got to 16 in 2016-17, and the Pittsburgh Penguins got to uh, 17 in 1992-1993. I know whenever I bring that up, I get a text or a tweet, well, this team had overtime. This, You know what? If you win this many games in a row, you're doing something right.
2: Well, <laughs> like it's well and this is where I hate when anyone talks about stats because they'll say – uh, player, Well, he played in this generation. Well, the, 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 the shots, I mean, it was the, the scoring was up. I, you know what? A record is a record because you can't do anything about when you played. So I, when they say, well, Connor would have played this this year, that guy is better because that guy's played in a score, higher scoring. It doesn't matter. Just the record is a record. And right now it's 14 wins in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. They've got a game against Chicago they should win. They've got a game against Nashville they should win and then we'll get really excited for that first game out of the All-Star break. Now, that's too far ahead, but that is a really yeah. exciting game in Las Vegas. Well, it's,
1: yeah, it's exciting to think about the, the possibilities, and uh, uh, great fan reaction at the end of the game. I, I mean, standing for about the last 30 seconds. Uh, we've had somebody yelling Stu at us here a few minutes ago. I, I don't know if—probably didn't go through on the radio, but you could hear a guy hitting a drum and doing a Let's Go, there's chant in Fort Hall, which is kind of behind us and down a level, but Studio
2: 99 is— Open onto a level that's like about nine levels down. We seem to be quite high up here, aren't we? Well, Fort Hall's right here, right? It's down yeah, That's a, a bit. long jump. Not,
1: well, we, we wouldn't. I'm not saying we should jump it. If he's at a level. I'm like, well, I could well, jump up okay, a, a couple levels.
2: So okay. We're not as high as we are off the ice, but no, we're upstairs. No, that's true. We are a long way because we know that because we have to walk from here yes. to our press box. It is a long walk. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's
1: exciting times. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of season left, but this is just a, a remarkable run. I mean, just to, to see them rack it up, like I said, move up this. Uh, this all time winning streak list, the personal records, and we'll get more here from Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch. Stuart Skinner was just terrific. What'd you, I mean, it, it's got to be
3: reassuring for a coach to see your goalie give you that sort of performance again. Absolutely. We weren't very good in the first two periods, and he came up with a lot of big saves. And I think with our team, you know, we played a couple of emotional games, um, you know, coming home on a road trip, playing Toronto, then Calgary, and then here playing a team that's kind of below us in the standings. We just weren't ready. And the first two periods definitely showed that.
4: You made, for one of the rare times, significant line adjustments for the third period. Just the, I mean, obviously the lack of productivity, but just the thought process and the, the deployment personnel that you used in the third.
3: Yeah, we needed to shake things up. And players responded. They played all, all the guys in the third period played really well. I think the McLeod line with Holloway and um, Brownie really started it, got our momentum going in the third period. They played well, I think it was um, DR's line after that and led to another goal. So I just, you know, overall, we just kept our game a lot more simple, worked a lot harder, skated a lot faster, created a little more chances.
1: Holloway's had a, another great game since returning from injury and uh, scoring a goal out there tonight. Just uh, thoughts on his game coming back into the lineup.
3: He's played two really good games for us. And, you know, he's played a little bit tonight on the left wing, but primarily he's been a centerman. It's nice to know that you've got that center depth because you never know what happens. And it's, it's nice to have that. And, you know, he's been physical, he's been fast, he's been really reliable just on the defensive side of the puck, so it's a good addition to for our team. Do you view this as a game where you you know, you didn't play very well and you got away with one, or is it more along the lines of this is who we are, we've got a great goalie and we own the third period? We got away with one, we can't rely on that. Um, yes, we've got a great goalie, but we gotta, we gotta check better, we gotta manage the puck. I think we just, we're waiting for the puck to come to us, and we gotta skate, we gotta work to get it back, and, they they were the faster team the first 40 minutes and and uh, definitely looked like that we only had uh, 14 shots after the second period it wasn't good enough um i'm not sure we had maybe 14 just in the third period alone so yeah we just got to simplify our gameplay faster
5: chris the um the one tendency in this Winning streak has been the domination in the third period. You've outscored teams twenty-six to six. The second period, pretty good too. I think it's four-six. The first has been pretty even. I think you're plus one. you Sense anything from your team? What have you seen, maybe that's different? Um, you know, in the third and, the, and even the second period compared to your starts.
3: You know, I think it's. You could say what we're doing. You could also think about what other teams are doing. Obviously, the other teams getting really excited to play us. We're on a winning streak. They know we're playing well they're excited to end that streak so I would think a lot of credit should be given to the other team being ready to play us. We're getting every team's best right now and for us to get up all the time as a coach yeah I want our guys to be up ready all the time but it's human nature to take a shortcut if you can and just not be as motivated but they always find their games right now and that's, that's good to find out but we can't um, not be ready to play because it's going to catch up to us. You know, tonight we got away with one, but I think in the third period we uh, played a really strong period, and that's how we played for the majority of this stretch. And could you just talk about the, the balanced
5: scoring you're getting? You're not relying just on 97 and 29. You know, like Fogel and McLeod actually lead your team in five on five points in this streak. And, you know, tonight Kane, Holloway, Fogel all score. And it's, it's lots of different guys at different times, Chris. I know you played, and so just the importance of that. And do you sense the offensive confidence pretty much in every one of your forwards right now?
3: Uh, we need contributions from everybody, and it's nice to see you guys chip in. You know, throughout the stretch, maybe they don't have the most five-on-five points, but uh, Leon and Connor have been our best players for most nights. And I think they've been very unfortunate that they don't have more goals and assists than they, than they have. But they're not going to be able to score every single night. You need that depth. And we've got guys who are jumping in the bit to contribute. And, you know, two of the guys that you mentioned, um, McLeod and Fogel, have played really well. And and they've been used in different situations. Fogel, pretty much through sure this stretch has always been on Leon's side. But you think about the versatility of um, McLeod moving left wing and playing center and playing with... Uh, many, many uh, line mates throughout this stretch, so it's it's nice to have the coach, or nice for a coach to have the uh, versatility of of uh, being able to change your lineup. Yep.
1: That is Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Well, he said, you know, we got away with one, but he also... You know, he credited the other teams, too, and we talked about it after, I can't remember which period. The other teams will work. You can't expect that the yep. Oilers are never going to lose the, a, a puck battle or get hemmed in or give up a scoring chance. The issues tonight were how many times the Oilers handed the, the team there. But, I mean, we, the Columbus Columbus did work, but I heard you saying with Bob, I mean, some of their execution isn't exactly at the highest level either. No,
2: it's not. There's a reason there, in. 15th place out of 16 teams in the Eastern Conference. They, they've got some incredibly skilled players, and that Fantilli's a fantastic player. He's yeah. fast. Uh, Johnson's fast. Johnny Goodrow. But you look at their, their lines, I think they only have two players or three players in their whole lineup that are plus. Uh, They are good one way. They're not as good the other way. They gave up chances. Now, they worked hard in the first 40 minutes, and if they don't get the goals, if they don't capitalize, uh, there are going to be chances coming the other way. And they gave up some big, great chances against in the third period. So uh, the Oilers fortunate to be tied going into the third. But once it got to the third and they were tied, I mean, you could bet the house that they were going to win that period. Columbus did everything they could in the first 40 minutes. They didn't capitalize. And the way Stuart Skinner was playing, once the Oilers got that lead, I, I could not see Columbus coming back. And he didn't have to work in the third period. They did, it was a, Shots were 11-2 until they got that late, late yeah, power late. play. Yep. So they really had nothing going. And that's another thing we've seen about the Oilers, that they have shut teams down. They've taken a lead in third periods and completely shut the other teams down. Their best defensive and offensive period in this hockey game was the final 20.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. So the Oilers win it 4-1. That is 14 consecutive victories. It's a $400 donation to 630 Chet Cent. anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are filling the net with $100 every time the their score. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're going to hear from Stuart Skinner, from Warren Fogle, from Evander Kane, all coming up on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. Six thirty, chance
6: up the left wing to Fogle. Now to Kane in over the line comes down that left side in front of the net. Sky. <laughs> Evander Kane with a centering. Pass. And Warren Fogle gets it underneath versus Leakin. Warren Fogle, first
1: period goal. Only one the Oilers got in the first period tonight. They did the rest of their scoring in the third in a 4-1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Fogle. What are you
0: doing?
7: Wasn't uh, the first two periods uh,
3: a challenge? So what did you kind of see that allowed you to kind of pull away uh, in period three?
8: Um, I think it starts off with, you know, Stu keeping us in that game. You know, that, that honestly could have been like a 5 five nothing after the first two periods. Um, he was rock solid and, you know, the, the, he's been playing unbelievable. And as a group uh, coming into the third, we, we knew we needed to be better. And, you know, I thought we were playing uh, quicker, direct. And, um, you know, you could see by the pace of play we were playing in the third.
9: Is it getting easier to correct your game now that you've had a lot of good periods over the last couple of months? Is it easier to find the right game when you're looking
8: for it? Um, you know, I, I, just, I just think in this group, uh, you know, I think the big message is just being calm, and uh, you know, we've got great leaders in this room, and you know, I think guys are just been buying into that, and you know, that's uh, one thing that's really helped us go on this streak.
1: We're not, let's do right off. the the start. I mean, these aren't one-offs. He's done this for about two months now. What's that like to be playing in front of him right now?
8: Yeah, you know, he's he's been unbelievable. Um, you know, I think it starts from in practice uh, how dialed he's been in, and, and um, it's trans, translating to uh, his great. Uh, effort during games and um you know we don't want to rely on him too much there and um but you know it's nice to know that he's uh you know a brick wall there in the back you're sensing some calm from him you know a lot of nights yeah you know uh he's just he's just been unbelievable you know he's calm in the net you know yeah when we're final we're not really panicking out there but when we do you know it's nice to know that he's calm and making a big save and um like you said he's been he's been unreal for the last uh few months
1: that is Warren Fogle. Well, 11 straight wins from your goalie. And uh, another 12 games in a row, the Oilers have allowed two goals or less against.
2: Yeah, well, it's, that is shocking when, when you think. I mean, even even if the Oilers didn't have their start to the season they had, it would still be shocking that they've had that many with yeah. just the team that they have built. Um, but, no, it is amazing right now that if you think about the way the Oilers' first 15 or 12 games went, that we are only at the halfway mark. They have got a 14-game winning streak and an eight-game winning streak in the first half of the season. And their goaltender, who at times, there was a lot of talk that the Oilers need to improve on goaltending, just broke a Grant Fuhrer record. All of this has happened in the first half of the season that look like they were taking themselves off a cliff, the playoff cliff. It's just unreal how much drama mm-hmm. and how much of a roller coaster the first 40 games have been. And the nice thing right now, this is like the middle of the season when it kind of is like a, there's like a lull in the yeah. season until you start getting into a big playoff race. So it's kind of nice they always have this nice run going to keep everybody as. Interested and as excited about the Oilers hockey as you can possibly be in the cold days of January.
1: So the Oilers 27 15 and 1 on the season after the 4 1 win tonight over the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets now 14 23 and 9. We'll go to Paul on the Certainty Hotline. Paul, thanks for calling. Go ahead, please.
10: Well, very exciting day for sure. But listen, I just don't understand the negativity of your announcers, uh, the color man especially. Uh, I think the, there's got to be a little bit more faith put into the uh, club surroundings than the announcer making the sort of blatant negative comments about the play. I know they might have a slow start, but that's a possibility in every sport. But I, I really enjoy uh, Cam's uh, reporting on the game, but I tell you, you guys got to cool it on the negativity. Oh, no, completely I disagree, completely
1: that. disagree. It's not negativity if we're telling you what we see and analyzing what happens. And the Oilers did not play to their standard in the first 40 minutes. Now, we also gave Columbus credit for the, for working
2: hard. Yeah, tonight, but he's, but he's talking He's talking about Bob in, during the game. He's not talking about between periods. You're talking about the color man during the game that sits beside the camera, you're not?
10: Yes, the color man is a little bit offbeat. But I think uh, he, he's got to be a little bit more. Well, I'll tell you what, he's got a talk faith. show. You can Let's call him
1: a... and tell him. Like you can call him and tell him. I'm not going to speak for Bob. Okay? Will you do that tomorrow? Oh, you're not. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bob's emotional sometimes. That he is. That he is. Uh, whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630ched.com. That allows you to print a coop- up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Oh well, speaking of uh, broadcasters, Jack Michaels. 50 years of age today. Happy birthday, Jack.
2: I knew it was a big one. They kept talking. I didn't know if it was 60, 70. I wasn't sure which big one it was. Oh, um, I did, we were on. We don't get to see the TV because uh, we're on between periods, but I did get a flash. that They were giving him, I think Louie gave him a cake today. Yeah. I, I did see that there were firemen around him just because there was a lot of candles on it. So, but happy birthday to Jack. Uh, and you got to celebrate by calling a the 14th straight win of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah,
1: pretty cool. 4-1 over the Blue Jackets. Uh, we got Sir Robert on the line as well. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Very negative. Extremely negative. <laughs> well. Okay. Well. Well.
6: Well. I mean, I don't. That was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. But anyway. Uh, yeah. No. It's a couple. Uh, couple thoughts on the game, and then I've. Quick thought on the signing of Corey Perry. Uh, I'll start with the game. I thought, obviously, like you guys said, first two periods, the Oilers were, well, let's just say not good, below average. But Skinner, again, did his job. We've been talking about it. Kept him in it, third period. We found our game, got the win. Penalty kill's been absolutely outstanding lately. Power play hasn't been, hasn't been what we're used to seeing. But... I've said this before. It's, it's actually it's actually kind of nice to see that we're that we're finding ways to win games when we're not when we're not heavily relying on McDavid and Biceidle to score four and five points like we were in the past. I'm liking that. And it's a quick quick thought on the uh, uh, the signing of Perry. Mm-hmm. Personally, I liked the signing. I hated him when. I mean like I hated him when we when we were playing against him. I like the fact that he's now on our team. I like the fact that he can play anywhere in the lineup. I agree with this you start him in the bottom six, third, fourth line. You can move him up if need be. Maybe you give him a shot with Drysidel or McDavid or both at some point or another. but overall, to me, it's a good signing and I think uh, you know well and I'm not gonna sit, I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's you know, Stanley Cup. It's too early. There's still still half a season left, but you know, I like the signing, and we'll uh, go for 15 against Chicago.
1: Yeah, well, I think Perry is gonna hopefully give the Oilers what they need in the, in the bottom six. 38 years of age, a lot of experience. Uh, what, he went to the Cup Final three years in a row, Dallas, Montreal, Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. so he can still contribute and yeah, I mean, I, I I talked about how Vegas had a bunch of miserable, angry players <laughs> in the playoffs last year when they put on hockey equipment. And uh, Perry certainly, when he hits the ice, is uh, is not a pleasant human being.
2: <laughs> no, Pe- Perry was made for playoff hockey. He's exactly what the Oilers have needed for a number of years in their bottom six. And uh, he he comes up big in big games. I've I've been a Corey Perry fan forever because of the way he plays. He plays the game to win. He'll do whatever it takes. So, uh, a good addition to, for the Edmonton Ours, and uh, he, he's a depth player that if injuries do come into play, he's capable of playing in your top six. There's other guys that have been up there as Band-Aids at times, Yanmark, mm-hmm. uh, or Ryan, players like that, that they can play their short periods of time, but that's not what they're made for. Corey Perry was a top-line player for a number of years. If he has to go up and play in your top six for a, a period, He's capable of doing it and understands how to do it because that's how he was. He's been a goal scorer his whole life. So Corey Perry, a great addition to the dressing room and a great addition that's going to be on the ice when we finally get to see him.
1: 4-1, the Oilers beat the Blue Jackets for their 14th straight win. We have Big Bad Joe on the certainty hotline. BBJ, go ahead.
7: Hey you guys, it was an awesome day again and uh I was bob bother uh, Rob though when I thought um, Jack was gonna be sixty two, congrat Mark uh, and uh congrats to uh Stewart for having the record. You know, I the reason I called this one you know the caller but said about, you know, the negativity. You know what? I don't know why he didn't mention Rob's name, because Rob will say how it is. Rob will say how it is. I love listening to you guys, and especially Rob, because how he analyzes. And, you know, if your team plays bad, you, you, you can say they play bad. And they suck the first two periods. But he picked it up in the third, and he won the game. And I think, you know, you in the media, you know, you guys getting a lot of uh, sometimes dumps on your guys. But I mean, you know, I think the oil is now in the face of. You guys are always honest, though. You you telling the things, how the things are, and that is what I so appreciate in in all of your guys. Well, and that's all you guys. We appreciate
1: that, Joe. We, we quite frankly, I appreciate that. I don't want to make the show about us. Uh, and and again, here's the thing: if if you want to talk to Bob, Bob has a talk show. He will talk to you. So he does have Oilers now from 5 to 7 tomorrow. We'll go to uh, Marco at 7804960063 as well. Marco, go ahead.
4: Hey, guys. uh, Obviously, Bob, way too negative tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I got a quick question. Um, If you guys see Corey Perry coming into the lineup on Saturday, obviously the last couple games, Sam Gagne that come into play, he's made a lot of positive impacts on the game. Who would be coming out of our lineup if Corey Perry was to be suited in in the lineup? And where would he sit in the lineup when he came in?
2: I I think if you put him in, it would be Sam Gagne coming out. I do think it would be Gagne. Sam Gagne doesn't penalty kill. Um, and Sam Gagne gets power play time well that's where Corey Perry will go so uh, when they eventually make the change unless there's an injury before that he will be going in for Sam Gagne Uh, to me I I probably wouldn't play him in the lineup until after the all-star break let him practice uh, let him get acclimated to his new teammates I mean especially if the team's winning you don't have to make that move and that gets him an extra 10 days of practice time but I guess they will make the decision going forward. But, yes, it would unless there is an injury, it would be Sam Gagne that would come out of the lineup.
1: Yeah, Garnier, did he play the uh, 744? Yeah, he played the fewest minutes tonight. We mentioned Holloway at 924. Um, uh, Ryan got to 10.01. He, he, he kills some. But they're else. not going to uh, take
2: Ryan or Brown out. They're big no, no, penalty I was just looking killers. at the other
1: yeah. ice time guys. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know Gagne, what does he have, five goals? I mean, not bad for how Very much good. he's played, but I just think, like you said, the special teams and the possible impact of, of Perry.
2: That, that, well, like Perry's going to be on your second up. power play unit, and he'll go on with Fogle and Kane, and Gagne would come out, and you still have all your penalty killers in there.
1: Oilers take it 4-1 over the Blue Jackets. Let's update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit Advantage Trailer Rentals. Dot com. The Blues score in the final minute, beat the Flames 4-3. Rangers lead the Sharks 2-1 in the third. Also in the third, Ducks up 3-2 on Buffalo. It is the Golden Knights getting a 3-2 win over the Islanders. Wild beat the Capitals 5-3. Senators knock off the Canadiens 4-1. Kucherov hat trick. Lightning six. Flyers three. Carter Hart has taken a leave from the Flyers, and the Stars beat the Red Wings. 5-4. All right, you're going to hear from Stuart Skinner, from Evander Kane. We'll get to uh, a couple more phone calls as well. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance.
6: And Severson up the middle of Chitikoff. Now a breakaway pass to Johnny Goodrow. Goodrow in the shot.
10: Oh, the glove save made by Skinner. He holds onto it as he absolutely stymies Johnny Goodrow.
1: Outstanding performance by Stuart Skinner tonight. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. He's won 11 straight new team record for a goaltender, passing Grant Feuer, and Skinner on the season is now 22-9-1. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, and it's, it's not, it's funny. You can have a goalie with a good record if he's got a great offensive team in front of him, and they're winning 6-4, 7-5, or things like that. But it, he's just completely shutting down the opposition and looking calm about it. And it's two goals or less, game after game after game. And a bunch of these games, as of late, the goal or the two goals have come early in the game. And then he shut them down the final 30 minutes or the That's final point, 40 yeah. minutes. So when it becomes important, he gets better. Uh, tonight, Stuart Skinner stole or allowed the, uh, the Oilers to steal two points. And... This is just the run that Stuart Skinner is on. You just hope that it, uh, this magic that he has in the bottle just continues through the rest of the season right into the playoffs because he is looking unbeatable. It takes something special to beat him uh, for a goal tonight, and the goal t- the Columbus score tonight was uh, picture perfect, but that's what it takes. You don't beat him straight in. You don't beat him with a, a 50-50 shot. It's got to be an A++ plus plus. Opportunity for the opposition to score. And that is a mighty nice thing for an, uh, a hockey team to have a goaltender that is that dialed in that he can cover a lot of poor mistakes that your team makes and the Oilers did in the first 40 minutes. I'm
1: just checking here. The last time the Oilers were scored on in the third period was Detroit, and that was Pickard. <laughs> Hmm. So Skinner has not allowed a third period goal.
2: It's been a while. I mean, he's been getting better and better. The, the goals he's been giving up have been early, and then he's been shutting the door.
1: Pickard played that game against Anaheim. I hope I'm not missing one here. I know, but do you want me to sing while you do that? Uh, I don't think Skinner has allowed a third. I'd have to double-check this. I don't think Skinner has allowed a third period goal since the Rangers got that one with a tenth of a second left. That was on December 22nd.
2: That's, that's a pretty good stretch. I, I mean, you, you've got a real good run going if the third period you're completely shutting the door on the opposition. I did not even think
1: to, of that before the game, but that's just what I got here, flipping back through my through my notes. So that's pretty impressive. Well, if I'm missing one, it would probably
2: be only one. So it's still pretty good. Uh, I mean, the, the kid just broke a Grant Fuhrer record. Uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah. So Stuart Skinner's on a roll. It's it's fun to watch. It's fun to be part of. That's why you don't jump off a bandwagon because special things can still happen in a season and we're seeing that right now. Oh, you know
1: what? What was the Ottawa game? I'm missing my sheet here for the Ottawa game. Maybe that was one. Yeah, Ottawa scored in the third.
2: I have no idea. I can't sure. remember. Yeah, so point. anyway,
1: one one goal since Christmas in the third period. Pretty impressive. Warriors win 4-1 tonight. We have the McMullet on the line. That's quite a handle. Go ahead.
4: Hey, guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, a ca- <laughs> couple things. I can't wait to uh, listen to Bob tomorrow respond to that guy if he actually does phone into the show. Um, this team, did. they didn't play their best in the first two periods, but, you know, they, they stuck with it. And the one thing I've noticed is this team does not quit. They don't give up. Um, my question for you guys: Do you think they're going to go with Pickard on Thursday, or do you think they're with this easy schedule? Are they Are they just going to ride, uh, ride Skinner?
2: I think uh, they. I, I think, think they'll go with Pickard. I think Pickard. Plays I, next I, game. I do. Yeah, I think it's the the one spot they can see, and then because the the thing is, if Pickard doesn't play, when's the last time Pickard played a game? How Detroit. Long? So how long ago was that? Detroit was what day was that? A week ago. More than a week? That was the 11th. So the 11th, if Pickard doesn't play on Thursday, the next game he could possibly play would be, what, February 8th? Well, unless they play him Saturday. No, but, I mean, if he yeah. doesn't play, if they're not going to play him against, they'll play Skinner against Nashville because that's the team they're battling with for the playoff spot. So if they don't play him, then it would be, what's that, 20- 28 days, four weeks between games. So I think they have to. They have no choice but to play Pickard uh, on Thursday against the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, in all honesty, he's, he's earned the right to play because the games that he's played, he's given them good starts.
10: I'm going to make my trip back home to Strathmore after this game.
1: Okay, drive Keep safe.
10: Good work, guys. Love your show.
1: Thanks for listening. Yes, Ottawa scored in the third period. Uh, Edmonton was up 2 nothing. They scored with five minutes left, and then Hyman finished the hat-trick. So I I believe, unofficially flipping back through handwritten notes and using the internet, Skinner's allowed one-third period goal since Christmas.
2: Well, that's that's how you win 12 in a row or 11 in a row or 14, whatever he's... What is he at now, 12 in a row?
1: He's at 11 wins in a row, personal win streak. I've
2: already given him
1: Saturday's win, so (laughs) he better win it for me. We got Scott in Dallas on the line. Scott, thanks for listening and calling from Dallas.
4: Yeah, hey, fellas. Thanks for taking the call. Good to talk to you again. Uh, I think the last time we talked was 2014, and I know you remember me by name. You just must, right? So, um, Hey, what I was going to say is uh, there's been a lot of hockey that's taken place in the last eight years, uh, but I love listening to you guys in, in complete candor. I have been on hold before that one guy called and griped about the negativity thing, so take this from a vacuum standpoint, but you guys give really good insight and commentary in between periods, after games. I used to get so high and low with the Oilers winning and losing that I would pull my hair out. But you guys just have a way of kind of smoothing everything out. The word is like equanimity. You just kind of smooth things out. Rob, you're so uh, self-deprecating. Oh, if I had a shot like Bouchard. <laughs> Dude, you you were a sniper.
2: Stop stop playing it down. Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out that word you just said. I'm going to have to t- ask my wife when I get home. I say, honey, wake up. I, I, they use this really, really big word, Scott from Dallas, and I have no idea what it meant. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's how I got through college, Rob. I just would <laughs> take out the teacher with big words. I had no <laughs> substance to my arguments. <laughs> So <laughs> anyways, I just wanted to say, I appreciate what you guys do. And, uh, I know, it, uh, Reed, you said, it's not about us. It's about the team. That's true. But somebody guys needs, somebody needs to pat you guys on the back for doing a good job. Cause I must be the only clown in Texas who <laughs> tunes into 6:30 30 between periods and after every game. So. Well, we I hope appreciate
1: it's that in your numbers, boys. Right on. Well, thanks. We appreciate, we appreciate that, and uh, well, it's just more evidence that there are Oilers fans all over the world, as as we found out. So that that's pretty cool. I, I I will I will say this: uh, a lot of people who have played and coached many sports at very high levels have said it's never as good as it seems, and it's never as bad as it seems. So I always often remember that when when i'm talking about the results or the performances
2: well and it's it's a long year and 82 games all that does is get you back to a restart you you do well enough in 82 then you get to start at zero and zero again so there's uh, for me this is an oiler team that it does not matter where they finish in in the standings as long as it's in the top eight because they're not going to be judged on what they do in the regular season whether they win the division or become the second wild card team they will be judged on what they do come april may and june so that's why it's it's really hard to get too excited or too down having said all of that it's kind of exciting what you're seeing here in this last little while 14 wins in a row your, your goaltender breaking records this is this is cool. This is something that you you don't see. I, I've been around forever, and a lot of times I come watch a hockey game. I'm, it's hard to really surprise me or, or or do something so out of the norm that I'm like, oh wow. But I'm I'm now yeah, this I'm something. a broadcaster that is as this team is. I'm looking. Well, they they honestly should win the next two games, and then they have a chance to tie an all-time record. Uh, winning record in Vegas and like what a place to do it it's the I mean that is a team that they're gonna have to go through at some point in the playoffs and they are a good hockey club I know that's getting ahead bit a bit but and I don't normally get ahead of myself but I'm, I'm just looking at what this team is doing and it is a very exciting time to be an Oiler fan right now and an Oiler broadcaster yeah
1: well I mean I read those records like it's yeah. it's not overstating it it's one of the best winning streaks in the history of the NHL and mm-hmm. I made the point after eight that's ten percent of the season in the bank. Twenty points in the bank. You know, that's
2: that's a pretty significant winning streak. Well what's so fun is so it's where four, is it 14? Four, 14. fourteen. And that's that's after an eight gamer that just happened previously. Right. So yeah. they've got 22 wins in their last 25 games. Yeah, there's 22 and three in their They're last winning. 25. They're winning. So I, I am uh, one of the things. One of the few subjects that I was good at in school was math. That's an 88% winning percentage. That'll get you. Uh, <laughs> that'll get you in the playoffs. but That'll yeah. certainly also win you divisions and conference titles. They are playing outstanding hockey. Even when they play bad, they play well, well enough to win. Well, that's
1: the thing. Good teams. Have to win with their B game, and how do you do that? Often goaltending and special teams, and that was big tonight because Skinner was great. They killed off the power plays,
2: and, then, and they got a power and play they, goal.
1: They come through in the in the end to get it done.
2: And it was a, and it was the second unit goal. I think that's even more important. Their second power play unit was the one that got them a goal tonight. That was a big goal.
1: Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Goal and assist tonight for this guy, Evander Kane. <laughs>
10: I
9: mean, yeah, we obviously didn't uh, you know, give them credit, they played really well. Um, they worked hard and they skated uh, skated really well in the first couple of periods and you know, good teams find a way to win and obviously uh, skins uh helped us out a little bit and, and kept it uh one one there and you know, we uh 20 minutes to win 20
5: game in the third period, and he played a little bit better in the third. Can you talk about what it is right now, Evander? vote score teams 26 to six in the third period here during this streak. Is, do you feel that when you're after coming out from the second period, Do you just sense the group's that confident?
9: Oh, I think we just saw near. You know, we played uh, played our brand of hockey in the third because uh, we didn't in the first two periods. Obviously, um, we liked our chances, and uh, I thought we came out and did that for the most part in the third period.
3: What would you say about Stewart's, uh, he's going to say the first two periods, but really throughout this stretch and what he's kind of meant to this
9: team? Yeah, he's given us uh, solid goaltending. Um, you know, in moments where uh, we haven't had our best hockey, he stepped up and, and, and kept it uh, manageable and kept us in the game. And um, like I said, you know, we've, we've done a good job of winning games different ways. And, um, you know, you have to do that if you're going to win 14 in a row. You've played in the league seeing all the best goalies and you're going up against this guy in practice all the time how good is Skinner how good can he be like, what do you guys have here yeah, I, I think he's he's helped. a gamer um, you know you've, you've seen it over this stretch here um, I think he's a he's a confident guy and uh, he has a lot of self-belief and um, you know you're seeing that uh, in his last stretch of games for sure um, and it's it's obviously helping our team win uh, in a big way you say you are not. You know, the guys are saying they're not really thinking about the streak. But once it gets to 14, is it, is it hard not to? Yeah, now that we're at 14, <laughs> it's, it's definitely something we think thinking about. No? Um, no, I mean we want to finish off uh, this homestand uh, in, a, in a good, positive way, uh, heading into a, a week break, and um, you know we uh, need to keep collecting points because there's a lot of teams that are ahead of us that are winning as well. So um, you know, it's great to. Of the streak, but uh, points are important right now.
1: Uh, you had a, a bet earlier in the season with McDavid and hope if the streak gets to
8: 20 games, they'll wear double Rolexes in practice. Is
9: that still a standing bet? That's on, practice. That's in. The, that's in up like, like I did uh, in the last streak. So uh, actually, David has to wear a grill. So he might want to go to the you <laughs> might want to go to the dentist now, just to, just in case we get there. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> well, that's an interesting bet. I didn't
2: know about that. Neither did I. Yeah. And Leon's got to wear a grill Is that what he said
1: Connor has to wear Or did you say Connor oh, got, sh-
2: Is he double Rolexes Is that what they said I, 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 I don't you know. Know, That's out of my price range When you start talking Things like that Double yeah, Timex that is-, is I can probably <laughs> afford
1: Or well, there's been 4-1 It's 14 in a row We got Darcy standing by as well Go ahead Darcy
10: Hey guys Hey Just wanted to touch base on Like the game tonight And kind of what's happening Over the last 14 games And 25 games is it just me, or are you seeing a team that's playing, like, much more mature hockey than we saw earlier in the season? Yes. Um, like, I'm, I'm watching them play now, and, and it, it, it reminds me a lot of, like, the early 2000 Devils, the late 90s Stars, the Red Wings of the, 90, of the 90s, 2000s. Like, a team that, you know, the less talented team might try and, and get a jump start on them they'll push the river, they'll push, they'll push. They can't, you know, they can't beat the goaltending. They They just, you know, don't get any, maybe any bounces or whatever happens. And then, you know, all of a sudden the game turns into a 4-1 hockey game. And that's what we're seeing with the Oilers. I feel like every game it's like they're just, they're there. They're just playing patient hockey. They're not going to do anything stupid. And then when they can capitalize, they capitalize. So... I'm just I, I'm it's been really impressive to watch. And like Stuart Skinner, man, I mean the guy is friggin' outrageous. He uh he's he's the reason why they're not falling behind two nothing or three one or whatever you know happens during the course of a hockey game, right? So
1: Yeah, I, I I think composure is a good word. I think maturity is a good word, I I think uh under control is a good word. No, tonight they were not <laughs> always under control because they weren't breaking the puck out very well and doing other things but that, that's a change from earlier I, I mean i remember saying that maybe it was you that said it one of us said it after the first game that the orthers lost 8-1 to vancouver <laughs> and, and the score probably flattered the it, Oilers. It they, they were that bad and that in a tizzy yeah and uh you know we saw uh, other games and uh I don't mean to pick on the guy. He lost his job. I mean, Jay got kicked out of a game in in Vancouver. So there wasn't, and certainly as we saw, one goal against led to another goal against, led to another goal against. I mean, we can talk forever about why it was happening. Yes, they weren't getting saves. Yes, they were also getting up way too many grade A chances. So it is is a more mature performance. I think a more committed team and, and... you know, they, they look like, uh, like I said, one way or another over this winning streak. They've, when they've fallen behind, it hasn't spun out of control. And then they've been able to find their way back in it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you see star players dumping pucks in now. Uh, you see uh, line changes at the right time. Um, players getting back in the right place defensively. I think this is a team, they probably put a little too much pressure on themselves to start the season with all the, yep, that's the copper good point. bust. Yep, good point. But what they're more or less saying is they're, they've got, I mean, there's teams that are trying to make the playoffs. There's teams trying to win a division. The others are only try, they. They believe that this is a team good enough to win a Stanley Cup. And to win a Stanley Cup, you have to play the proper way. They've seen they've lost out the last two years to very good teams who played the proper way. And I think they're they're realizing, especially after the start to the season, you cannot outscore mistakes because the other teams, there's good teams out there too, and if you make enough mistakes, they're going to capitalize and you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of the scoreboard too many times. The others are playing smart hockey. And uh, right now, uh, again, you can go up and down their lineup, and it's hard to find somebody that is not pulling the rope, someone that's not doing what they're asked to do, not playing their role to perfection. I mean, Connor Brown was supposed to be a top six guy here. He's got zero goals on the season. Huge part of their penalty kill. So guys are finding ways to contribute every night, and that's why this team's won 14 in a row and moving up in the standings.
1: 4-1 over the Blue Jackets tonight. Stuart Skinner was absolutely marvelous. He made 27 saves. He now holds the longest winning streak by a goaltender in franchise history with 11. You'll hear from him when we bring you back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open
0: is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. On the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Out of Corrali into the Oiler end. Back play. to Bean. He'll go to, towards the net. It comes out.
10: Oh, the save made by Skinner. Off of Corrali. What a stop. Drysad will get it out.
1: Outstanding performance by Stuart Skinner. 27 stops. Oilers win their 14th in a row. Four one over the Blue Jackets at Rogers' place. Here's
5: Skinner. Let's do, um... Cornell was just talking about how you really kept your team in Can you talk about the mentality maybe when you know the guys don't have it, and is, is there like a challenge for
11: yourself to keep your team in it? Yeah, uh, I think that's why I always love uh, love to play the game. I think moments like that where you're you're able to come up with a couple of big saves and keep your uh, keep your team in it. Uh, big part of our job is just being able to give our team a chance to win. Um, I think I did that for uh, for a couple of periods, and then in the third period we just kind of. We took it home so uh it's really really good pushback by our group
10: what happens in the third
11: period if you? you haven't lost the third period in this
9: entire streak then of um, the goals falling against there are a bit ridiculous what what happens if here gets shifted with
11: this group? yeah i think i think it's just kind of been uh a lot of work going into the third period uh, especially when we're in these tight games uh, we know what's on the line for us uh, every points massive uh, and we know that and going into the third periods it's been really we've been either down one or up one so um, yeah just critical periods and and uh, that's when we love to come out and, and shine.
5: Franchise record uh, for you 11 straight wins for a goaltender?
11: Does that mean uh, It means a lot it's it's uh, I was feeling a lot of emotion especially when I went out on the ice for uh, for the first star there just because it's pretty cool being able to break break a record from one of the best goalies to ever ever live so um, obviously a guy that I look up to a guy that I've talked to and he's just one of the best so um, yeah I'm very very fortunate to be uh, to be able to break it you were born when he was playing what do you know about him? What, what's your relationship in any way? your dad watch him? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think our whole family's probably, my, my whole family's probably watched him. Um, I've watched every single YouTube video possible on him, uh, from his interviews to uh, to his incredible saves. Um, obviously, it's really cool what he did uh, for this organization. I mean, he's one of the best to ever play the game again, Hall of Famer, as he should be, so... Um, it's uh, it's a very cool feeling. What's it like for a modern goaltender to watch the way that Grant played back in the day? The two styles, yeah. so it's a contrast, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just, it it is pretty wild uh, to see how they how they played. I mean they're like what I think about is how heavy their gear would have been and uh being you know getting shots in the collarbone they didn't have like too too much protection the mask that they wore it's uh takes a lot of guts to to do what they did um especially at that time but uh especially for Grant watching him watching all those videos that I've been able to watch um knowing him personally he's just such a competitor uh and and I mean you you saw that in uh when they won the cup when they uh just when he was always playing so um pretty cool we
0: see you guys you and Vinny do the high five yeah. at the end of every game what's the origin story to that
11: uh started back in Wichita when we played in uh the ECHL um and yeah it's just kind of a moment where uh him and I are very tight obviously because we were able to kind of move our way up to sorry about that <laughs> sorry uh from the coast to the American League to the NHL so um just something that we love to do uh obviously we're incredible friends um and we love to celebrate uh, the wins when we can
1: uh, Stu, you've been asked a lot about your streak here, but it isn't just a streak, you've been on a couple months, really solid play from you. What's it been like for you the last couple months?
11: Okay. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, there's every single game is so different, right? There's uh, there's games where it's been tight, games where uh, we kind of take over, games where other teams take over. So uh, it's just been a lot of uh, a lot of resilience from our group. Um, you know, going off the street, going off my play, going off everybody's play. It's been it's been pretty amazing to watch this group uh, uh, work to where we are today. Uh, at the same time, we have a lot of work to do. Um, you know, we're kind of in the middle middle part, and there's. There's a lot of work to be done, so it's it's uh, up to us to, to keep moving forward here. And their
1: next opportunity to do some work and make it 15 games in a row is Thursday, our broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesland Brothers, 5.30 face-off show, game at 7, orders at home to the Chicago Blackhawks. Big thanks to Brendan Escott for bringing us the post-game audio tonight. Troy Bowlers, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place. Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30, Chet. Skinner makes 27 saves. Fogle, Kane, McDavid, and Holloway score. 4-1 win over Columbus. It is indeed a 14-game winning streak for your Edmonton Oilers. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.